Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you, a story called Seeing God. Earlier this month, I went on a girl's trip with three dear friends from college. We met at a cabin in North Carolina for a weekend of hiking in the fall colors, exchanging and reading books, relaxing in the hot tub, and lots of laughter. We came ready with matching pajamas, our emotional support water bottles, and layers galore. Because after all, October hiking in Appalachia is a little uncertain. The whole trip was a delight and a respite for our minds and bodies. We only used our phones for taking photos, checking in with our family, and Googling to see if those Scrabble words were valid. Part of what made the trip so restorative was the engagement we experienced with all of our senses. We saw trees bursting into fall colors, oranges, yellows, and reds. We read words in new stories. We felt the crisp air on our cheeks, had the soothing waters of the hot tub surround us, and we had hands to help us over fallen trees along the path. And for my three friends who were all moms, they did not have their hands of their children on them, which I'm told was a needed break. We heard the leaves rustle, the cows outside of our cabin moo, and we shared so much laughter. Now, I won't lie, the smell of the chlorine in the hot tub was a little harsh, like the chemicals were definitely off, but the fresh mountain air was beautiful. It's that feeling when you walk outside and it just smells like fall. And then finally, the food. I'm telling you, a ham and cheese sandwich just tastes magical when you're sitting on a ridge overlooking mountains with your besties on your right and on your left. On the trip, we talked about how thankful we were for the time together and the time away from our regular responsibilities. As we each headed back into our own busy lives, I know we had more peace and joy in our minds, hearts, and bodies because we felt so grounded in ourselves and in our friendship. Since returning, I've been reflecting a lot on how grateful I am for my body and all that I was able to experience. I'm not always aware of all that my body does for me on a daily basis, yet I was keenly aware of that over that weekend. I delighted in each of the sensory experiences that I had. It struck me how each sense allowed me to experience a different aspect of God's creation and also a different part of God as well. I was so taken with this that we're digging into this idea together. Enter new podcast series, Sensing God. Over the next five episodes, we're going to celebrate each of the five senses and explore how we experience creation and God through that sense. Our bodies and our senses are intentional parts of God's creation. Different people have varying use of our senses. Some people need glasses or hearing aids. Some have no sense of sight or sound. Some people lost their sense of taste with COVID and haven't quite gotten it all back yet. 
Those who experience a loss in one sense often report extra sensitivity in another. I want us all to be assured that God is at work in us and through all of our bodies, however they are, however they work. This is also a timely topic as we head into the late fall and early winter when we celebrate so many holidays that often induce shame and guilt about our bodies. Halloween costumes may not look the way we had hoped. Our holiday theme clothes might not fit the same way as they did last year, and that may cause us to feel bad or be excited, depending. Our bodies and minds experience stress as we rotate decorations for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Haters may be giving you a hard time for your deep and abiding love of pumpkin spice. Criticisms come about holiday entertainment that we like. The music, movies, or TV specials that bring you joy might be cringeworthy to someone else. And then you may question whether or not you should have a second serving of your favorite holiday foods. Gosh, and then at the end of the all, we face New Year's and the onslaught of all of those, quote, self-improvement resolutions right? It is a lot. We are going into a season full of all of the things, and many of those things are not kind to our senses or to our bodies. So my hope is that this series can help ground us in self-love, self-acceptance, and self-gratitude because of the love, acceptance, and gratitude that God has for us. The truth is, is that God loves you as you are. Your body is amazing and does incredible things every single day. There are times when sickness, injury, or disease may make being in our bodies more difficult, unpleasant, or even exceedingly painful. Yet even in those moments, your body is a miracle. So let's explore the world, the Bible, our lives with all five senses together. And today, it's all about the eyes. My dad is an eye doctor, and one of the things he says he loves most about his job is the joy people express when they can see things more clearly with new glasses. As someone who's recently gotten their lenses updated, I can affirm yes. It is a joy to be able to see more clearly. Just as it is a joy to be able to taste food more fully after a cold or move without pain after an injury heals. And let me tell you, here in late October in Virginia, it's a glorious time to see God at work in creation. I'm so thankful for my new glasses. Because each morning there are new splashes of color where there used to be only green. There are particular trees that I try to look at intentionally when I walk the dog or I drive each day to see how their colors are changing. Then earlier this week, I was at a conference at Virginia Beach, and seeing the ocean was also a moving experience. October is glorious there, too. The water moved with deep rhythm, and the blue of the water merged into the blue of the sky with white caps and white clouds adding variation. So I invite you to pause whatever else you are doing right now, like unless you are driving, make good and safe decisions. But if you can, 
Pause whatever it is that you're doing and look outside. What is the weather like? What is nature up to? Where do you see beauty or experience awe? It's out there. We just don't always see it. When I think about eyes, I also think about the joy I experience when I see the faces of family and friends, when I see my dog, or when I see places that hold deep meaning to me. Seeing old friends unite at this conference was so moving. Looking at my college friends and our matching PJs made me so happy. And noticing how much my nibblings are growing is its own kind of miracle. Also, I can't tell you how many times in a day, let alone in a single week, my husband and I say to one another, look at the dog. She's just so pretty. And for those of you who are city people, I know that seeing your city, the buildings, the streets, and the lights can be as breathtaking of an experience as looking out on nature's landscapes. I could write countless words about the visual art how artists express all the types of human emotions, desires, and experiences with canvas, paint, pencils, pens, paper, clay, marble, glue, film, and goodness, anything else that moves them. Each of us may connect with a different artist or a different type of art, but simply sitting and looking at a portrait, a painted vase, a black and white photo, or a sculpture made up entirely of bottle caps can move a person to tears. Finally, for many people, our eyes are also one of the primary ways that we take in words. We read them. Now, of course, other read with fingers as they skim over braille letters, and others may read as they listen with their ears. But for those of us who use our eyes to read, we've also got all kinds of opinions and preferences when it comes to how we like to read. We like different fonts. I always type in Calibri, and then I'll change it to whatever it needs to look like later on. Some people are die-hard Kindle paper-white readers, while others will only read paper books. We've got our preferences for how we take in our words but we do it all day long. We take in words for school or work. We take in words for learning. We take in words for pleasure, stories and poems that transport us. We take in words for making decisions at the grocery store, selecting an insurance policy, following signs on the highway. We take in words from text messages from friends, emails from distant family, and maybe even on birthday cards that we get in the mail. And of course, we can't forget that we take in words from God. We take in the words from the Bible, the word of God that we see with our eyes, read with our fingers, or hear with our ears, is one of the foundational ways that we come to know God. We experience the stories, poems, and teachings that tell us about who God is and how God interacts with and in the world. Within scripture, there are words that talk about our five senses, and we'll experience some of those stories throughout the course of this series. Choosing a single story that was centered on the experience of sight was difficult. 
I knew I didn't want to focus on a healing story because of my own ableist biases. I was hesitant about being able to do that well. Because even though this episode is a celebration of sight, there are so many parallels between the senses and whatever combination of senses that we have work together in a stunning manner. And I don't want to diminish that truth for any person. So instead, I selected a story where the person can see just fine, but they still don't recognize what is in front of them. And this experience, I think, is a little bit more universal. Like we experience a sensation, a sight, a sound, a kinesthetic feeling, but we don't understand it. We don't recognize its meaning. We don't pick up whatever the origin of the stimulus is putting down. And we may not understand it for any number of reasons. Our expectations may prevent us from seeing a new thing. Our mental distractions may not allow room for the sensation to be processed. Our emotions have us seeing red with rage or blue with sadness and the whole world is discolored. So today we're going to read an Easter story. This is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. And this is Wilda Gaffney's translation from a woman's lectionary for the whole church year, year W. Now Mary stood outside facing the tomb weeping. As she wept, she bent down to see in the tomb. Then she saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying. They said to her, Woman, why do you weep? She said to them, Because they have taken my Savior, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why do you weep? For whom do you now look? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. Rather, go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Abba and your Abba, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Savior. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Here ends the reading. Mary sees some incredible things with her teary eyes in this story. These first few verses orient us to where she is looking, at the tomb, down into the tomb, at the angels. And it's wild, right? She sees angels in the tomb where Jesus should have been. And this is astounding, but this isn't the sight that I want us to focus on. Of course, and I'm sure you're not surprised, I want to dig into when she sees Jesus. That moment when she turns away from the tomb and she sees Jesus in front of her. And yet, she doesn't recognize him. She thinks that he's the gardener. 
So I wonder, did her tears obscure her view? Was her grief slowing down her brain's processing speed? Did Jesus somehow look different? Did she need glasses and glasses didn't exist yet? Like all of these things are possibilities, but we don't know which of them is true or if any of them are true. But what we do know is that her eyes can't figure out it's Jesus on their own. It takes her ears. It's when she hears Jesus say her name that she recognizes him. It's then that she's able to see, I have seen the Savior. Our eyes do so much for us, right? We had that whole section of the podcast celebrating all of the things that we can see. For those of us who have sight, seeing is often the primary way that we take in the world around us. And yet, the eyes can't do it alone. For Mary, it takes hearing Jesus say her name to recognize him. In other situations, it may take a scent to jog our memories, warming up our bodies when they are cold or cooling down our bodies when they are hot may be necessary for us to process what is in front of us. Our eyes can't do it alone. Our whole bodies, All of our senses take in the holy, take in the beauty, take in God. Our eyes see so many things each day, more than what we can process or be made consciously aware of. And God is in so much of what we see. The beauty of creation in land, sky, water, plants, creatures, and people the beauty of art that we reflect on, buildings that human minds dreamt up, and written stories and words. Sometimes we see God so clearly and crisply. And other times our eyes and hearts need help. We need our ears, our noses, our mouths, and our skin to bring the truth into full view. So let's do that now together. Over the course of this series, Sensing God, I'm going to invite you into a grounding prayer at some point in each episode. This is an exercise that developed out of mindfulness practices. It's especially powerful for when we are feeling anxious or feeling out of our bodies in some way. This grounding prayer will move you through your five senses and then invite you to thank God at the end for the gift of experience these things. If you do not experience one of the five senses, simply take a breath at that moment and move on. What are five things that you see? What are four things that you feel? What are three things you hear?
What are two things that you smell? What is one thing you taste? Now repeat after me. God, I thank you for my senses. Thank you for the gift of all that I sense around me now. Help me to sense you always. Amen. In the week ahead, I invite you to pay extra attention to how you see God in the world and people around you. Do you catch a glimpse of God in an unexpected place? Does it take another sense to kick in in order to see God right in front of you? Are you able to open your inner eye to see God in yourself in a new grace-filled way? My hope for you is that as you close your eyes at the end of each night, you can say, I have seen the Savior today. Prayer for seeing. All seeing God, our eyes are miracles, taking in light, reflecting, refracting, and sending it along so that we can know the world around us. We give thanks for the beauty that our eyes see. Your incredible creation is fresh each day. The art, work, and creation of people made possible by your spark in us also shows us your beauty. We give thanks for all who take care of our eyes and for the inventions and treatments that help us see. Help our eyes to work with all of our senses so that we can see you in unexpected places. Keep our hearts open so that we can sense you in all people and grant us grace to see ourselves as you see us, worthy of love, wherever, whoever, and however we are. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. As we move through this new series called Sensing God, I'd love to hear and read your stories about how you have experienced God through your senses. So this is a wide open invitation for you to share however you want, because I know each sense is a little bit different and you may need to communicate that in a different way. So if you have a photo you love, I want to see it. 
If you have a favorite poem or story that really speaks God's love, I want to read it. If you have a favorite song, I want to listen. And in addition to the thing itself, I'd love to know the story of why and how you experienced God through it. If you're comfortable, I'd love to be able to share your stories on the All Places Together platform. Depending on what it is, it may be something that goes in a visual post on social media, or it could be something that is read or incorporated into the podcast. So whatever it is, send it my way at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on Facebook or Instagram at allplacestogether. I'm ever grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you have already shared generously with APT. Your financial contributions enable this ministry to happen week after week. If you've not made a gift before and you'd like to, you can go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together. Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. We know it can be hard to give financially, and we celebrate all of the ways you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with us online throughout the week. I invite you to share your experience of the grounding prayer this week with either someone you meet with in person or on your social media pages. What do you see, feel, hear, smell, and taste? And if they find that meaningful, I hope you'll invite them to listen to the podcast too. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.